Welcome everyone to the Apocalypse Podcast. I'm Steve. He is Larry. Yeah, uh, we're doing a an after hours, a special after dark. No, it's it's actually still light in Edmonton and Calgary. But anyway, it's a little bit later, so it's just Larry. It's Larry and Steve. It's it's the FM version of the Apocalypse <clears throat> Podcast. It is. It is. So you need the more the soother the more soothing voice. Welcome everyone. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. A little low key. Like, um, oh gosh, for me, that was CFMI in Vancouver when I was a kid. Was, oh, okay. That was okay. the low key Muzak type station. <laughs> well, well, never mind my blathering because I've gone on long enough. We're going to talk about the prophet Joel tonight, right, Larry? Yeah. And the reason we're doing Joel is I was going to do Amos, but Joel came after Hosea. And I figured, ah, we might as well do Joel. We, we turned another page. We, yeah, we did. And I thought, oh, well, this is Joel. We might as well do him. But, um, but it's, it's actually quite an intriguing book, Steve, in that we don't really know who Joel is. Like, we know he's Joel, the son of Pethuel. Um, but we don't know any, like, we can't place him with any other Joel in Scripture. There's, there's very little in this book to tell you the date of the book. Um, okay. Like, like there's 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 not much. He he copies some of the language of Amos and Jeremiah and and um, and a little bit from Exodus. So he might be, he's probably after them, or he might be after them. We're not even sure. Um, the one the one author, the conservative author I read, put him in the eighth century. Yeah. So you know, in the seven hundreds yeah. or in the ninth century, in the eight hundreds even. Um, so, so a long time before, before the Assyrian captivity, but many authors also put him as late as Ezra and Nehemiah. Okay. So they're, they're putting them all the way into the, into the, um, into the 500s. Yeah. Okay. Or the 600s is what they'll say. Right. But, but they'll put him either very early or very late and, um, the intrigue and, and then what he talks about, there's, there's quite a bit of confusion over what he's talking about hmm. um, but but we figure he's probably um, talking back to the Egyptians and Moses uh, plagues okay possibly and then talking ahead in chapter three which we won't get to today I don't think he'll be talking possibly about armies that are coming in the future hmm. okay yeah so hmm. it, it's really quite interesting um, th- there's so little we know and yet the message is 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 quite clear okay right on well thanks for that yeah. introduction all right folks pick it up joel one starting at verse one the word of the lord that came to joel son of pethuel hear this you elders listen all who live in the land has anything like this ever happened in your days or in the days of your ancestors tell it to your children that your children tell it to their children and their children to the next generation what the locust swarm has left the great locusts have eaten. What the great locusts have left, the young locusts have eaten. What the young locusts have left, the other locusts have eaten. Wake up, you drunkards, and weep. Wail, all you drinkers of wine. Wail because of the new wine, for it is snatched, for it has been snatched from your lips. A nation has divided my land, a mighty army without number. It has teeth of a lion and fangs of a lioness. It has laid waste my vines, it has ruined my fig trees, and has stripped off their bark and thrown it away, leaving their branches white. Yeah, so so it appears um, 
that what he's talking about is God sending the locusts. <laughs> oh, is that right, Larry? That's hmm. that's um, amazing. <laughs> so, do we get that from the first section? There is that what you're saying? <laughs> but, I like that. There's no other locusts left. Like after you've worked through all the locusts, I guess you you've named them all at least. He, he, yeah, he really talks about you know the the first invasion of locusts, and then the giant locusts, the big locusts are coming, right? Mm-hmm. And then the little locusts are coming. And then what's coming after the little locusts, the young locusts, and then other locusts, just others, <laughs> you know. <laughs> they're neither old nor young. They're just other locusts. They're the baby bear of locusts. They're the ones that yeah. are just right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there might be different types of locusts that he's talking about. These are these are probably the same locusts that John the Baptist was eating later on. Mm-hmm. But um, but but the the interesting thing here is is how he's talking about the judgment of God. Hmm. Because later on in in chapter 3, he's going to be talking about armies coming, still about locusts, um, which some will say are armies and some are just going to say are locusts. But but if they're armies, you can defend against them. Right. In this day and age, in in this time, an army, you can can send your soldiers and fight them. You You can run away from them. You can do something. But locusts, there's nothing you can do. Right. When God sends the locusts, the locusts come, they destroy the crops. They're going to destroy the wine, right? They're going to mm-hmm. destroy the mm-hmm. vineyards. Mm-hmm. Locusts actually eat everything in their path. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So by the time, by the time they're done, by the time they're done this, um, uh, there's nothing left. So if it was an army that was attacking, mm-hmm. there'd be something left. There'd be a remnant left. But when the locusts attack, if God sends locusts, you can't do anything about it. And it, it's kind of intriguing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, when they're done, you're, you're, he's going to talk about this. When, when they're done, your crops are done and your crops are going to fail and you're going to starve and your animals are going to starve. And so he says, he says, you need to tell your children and you need to tell this for generations to come mm-hmm. that, that, that God can do this thing. So the, I like that he says, wake up drunkards and weep, you know, <laughs> yeah. we weep you drunken slobs, yeah. you know? Um, but the reason that they should weep is because the wine is gone. Hmm. So it's almost not even that big a criticism against being drunk. It's not a, it's not like you're drunk and this is bad. It's, it's like you, there's nothing left for you. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The okay. judgment is complete, right? That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, you know, they got teeth like lions. They lay waste to the vines. They lay, they ruin the figs. They strip the bark. Everything is done right down, right down till the branches are white, which means the bark's all gone, which means they're dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Locusts kill everything. Yeah. yeah, amazing, eh? Yeah, and it's funny. I mean, not funny, but it's amazing to think that that is what that is a fourfold destruction of of those crops, right? You know, yeah. it's. It's so total that it's happened four times. So, okay, picking it up at verse eight then, folks. Mourn like a virgin in sackcloth, grieving for the betrothed of her youth. Grain offerings and drink offerings are cut off from the house of the Lord. The priests are in mourning. Those who minister before the Lord. The fields are ruined. The ground is dried up. The grain is destroyed. The new wine is dried up. The olive oil fails. 
Despair, you farmers, wail, you vine growers, grieve for the wheat and the barley because the harvest of the wheat is destroyed. A harvest of the field is destroyed. The vine is dried up and the fig tree is withered. The pomegranate, the palm, and the apple tree, all the trees of the field are dried up. Surely the people's joy is withered away. Yeah. Yeah. This thing that God sends is, is a complete destruction. Complete. So, so now he is going, he's saying, put on your sackcloth. And in verse 13, he's going to say, let's, let us, let us lament. And yeah. we can go to that right now. Yeah. Okay. At verse 13, folks, put on sackcloth, you priests, and mourn. Wail those, wail you who minister before the altar. Come and spend the night in sackcloth. You who minister before my God for the drain, for the, <laughs> wow, for the grain offerings and drink offerings are withheld from the house of the Lord. Declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. Summon the elders, all who live in the land, to the house of the Lord. Cry out and cry out to the Lord. Alas for that day, for the for a day for the day of the Lord is near. It will come like destruction from the Almighty. Yeah. And we might as well finish. We can keep reading and then we'll yeah. go back and talk about this day of the Lord. Sounds good. Has not the food been cut off before our very eyes? Joy and gladness from the house of our God? The seeds are shriveled beneath the clods. Um, the storehouses are in ruins. The granaries have been broken down, for the grain is dried up. How the cattle moan. Herd, the herds mill about because they have no pasture. Even the flocks of sheep are suffering. To you, O Lord, I call, for fire has devoured the pastures in the wilderness, and flames have burned up all the trees of the field. Even the wild animals pant for you. The streams of water have dried up, and the fire has devoured the pastures in the wilderness. Yeah, and I can't place all of this on locusts. Like, there, there's more destruction happening here than the locusts can do. Now, the locusts, I mean, if they eat everything in their path, um, then there's very little moisture going back into the air. And, you know, then you've got drought as well. Hmm. So maybe the locusts are the cause. But you're thinking that if the if the rivers are drying up, then there's more going on here. There's locusts and there's drought. And hmm. God has cut off everything. So there's, so, so the only thing you can do is, is to lament and put on sackcloth, sackcloth and, um, and, and cry out to God and ask for his forgiveness and, and fast before him. And he says, the day of the Lord is near hmm. and it will come like destruction from the almighty. And, and the day of the Lord is talked about a great deal here. And again, in the new Testament mm -hmm. and, and sometimes remember there was a feeling in Israel that the day of the Lord was destruction upon her enemies. When the day of the Lord comes, my enemies will be destroyed. Yeah. Um, and in several prophets, uh, Joel being one of them, of course, he, he he's turning that around and saying, when the day of the Lord comes, you will be the first to be punished. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that thing you look for, mm, actually not so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's no good for you either. And he's going to he's going to elaborate on the day of the Lord in chapter two, so I won't say much more about it. But all of this is to say God's judgment is coming. And and here he's saying it's coming through these insects. Hmm. And remember, okay. when he did it to Egypt, he did it. Um, there were a number of different things that he did, right? Right. To to the Egyptian people. Right. And my daughter has a picture, by the way, of a frog on her window right now. Hmm. 
Like just thinking of, about the plagues. Like <laughs> kind of commemorating the plague of frogs? or <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, there was only the one. But we, we get loads of these tiny little frogs out in our field. Right. And um, when the weather's wet. And yeah. it's, it's kind of a weird thing. It's crazy. Huh. They kind of spring up from the ground, do they not, if I remember right? I, I, you know, I don't know what happens because we'll get lizards in our basement when the basement's wet. Never when it's dry, but when it gets wet. And I, I'm like, where do they come from? <laughs> you know? I, they're not dehydrated and just waiting you know, to add water and they pop up. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Right now, our basement's got tons and tons of crickets. And, but that wasn't one of God's plagues. So it's... <laughs> Just, you're all you're all good then. No judgment yeah, there at all. Good. Yeah, we're gonna have free range crickets. We're gonna sell them on the mar- on the open market. You know, <laughs> that's right. Organic free range crickets. <laughs> yeah, you know they they've lived a healthy, happy life. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So we can charge a little more. And it just sounds like a nice evening on the bayou. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, folks. Picking it up at verse one, chapter two. Um. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm on my holy hill. Let all who live in the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is close at hand, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness. Like dawn spreading across the mountains, a large and mighty army comes, such as never was seen, or such such was never, such as never was in ancient times, sorry. <laughs> nor, will, nor will it ever be in ages to come. Do you want me to stop there? You want me? Um, I'm not sure if I want you to keep reading or not, but let's let's just talk about this day of the Lord for a minute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We could we could let. So again, he's talking about the day of the Lord, the coming of the day of the Lord, and 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 this whole idea of darkness and gloom and and sackcloth and ashes. Um, if you it, when we read a little further down, we're going to find, um, it's it's reminiscent of except we're going backwards matthew 13 or matthew 14 or matthew 24 (laughs) somewhere in matthew (laughs) i'm with you i'm good (laughs) mark 13 and matthew 24 um revelation 6 they're going to say very much the same thing that he's saying in joel chapter 2 as a matter of fact as far as we know they all picked it up from joel okay um and and the others too right like you know but but a big uh, it's so close to the way Joel says it that when they're talking about the end of the time um it's very much what Joel is saying right mm, here mm, mm, mm. however he is talking about destruction upon Israel and they're talking about destruction upon the the whole earth right um okay. so there's a there's a little shift right destruction upon the gentiles destruction upon the earth and he's talking about Israel and then is in chapter 3 it'll be Israel talking about Israel's neighbors Okay. But yeah, so the day of the Lord is coming and the day of the Lord is a day of judgment. It's that int- there's also an interesting little imagery there too, right? We see dawn as something nice spreading across the mountains and he says, "No, I'm going to turn that to this is a dawn of of an army that's going to spread across and bring destruction." Yeah, weird. It's it's backwards, isn't it? Yeah. Darkness is going to come like dawn spreading. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, good point, Steve. It's the only one I've had today. Um, picking it up in verse three. Before, the, before them fire devours, and behind them a flame blazes. Before them the land is like the Garden of Eden. Behind them a desert waste. Nothing escapes them. They have the appearance of horses. They gallop along like cavalry with a noise like that of chariots. They leap over the mountaintops like a crackling f- 
fire consuming stubble, like a mighty army drawn up for battle. Yeah, and I think he's still talking about these locusts, actually. It almost yeah, seems like it, right? Yeah, because you remember, you remember in Revelation, when he talks about the locusts, and he describes them like, you know, with, with you know, women's hair and faces of men and, and, and the sound of thunder. Remember, um, yeah. they thought that was talking about helicopters going into battle and, mm-hmm. and, the, and the sound of, of cavalry coming. And mm-hmm. I don't know the sound of, of millions upon millions of locusts coming all, this, all at the same time with mm-hmm. their wings flapping and everything. But maybe that is the sound it makes. Yeah. The point is, um, bad times are coming. Yeah, yeah, Bad. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at the sight of them, nations are in anguish. Every face turns pale. Verse six, folks, by the way. They charge like warriors. They scale walls like soldiers. They all march in line, not swerving from their course. They do not jostle each other. Each marches straight ahead. They plunge through defenses without breaking ranks. They rush upon the city. They run along the wall. They climb into houses like thieves. They enter through the windows. Yeah. Yeah. And if you've ever seen these, these miserable things, um, when, when the insects are coming, very little stops them. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, well, we should stay with locusts. I, I, I wanted to go to the fire ants in Africa, you know, <laughs> and, and, and a lot of other kind of insects that come upon you, but I guess we'll stay with the locusts, right? Yeah. But, yeah. They, but they really have a singular purpose and a singular, I'm not going to say goal, but it's, that's all that drives them is to is to consume and eat and destroy, right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, and probably create more locusts. We'll yeah, also- yeah, yeah, yeah. If they got time, you know. If, yeah, uh, they're, they're fairly busy. I like the way he talks about them that they don't break ranks. Like, like they, the, this steady stream is coming, and there's nothing stopping it. There's no mm. one. You, you can't. And they, you know, they they hit your house. They just climb up the walls, and they're in your house, and they're through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, folks, picking it up at verse 10 now. It shouldn't be terrified. I mean, they're just locusts for crying out loud. Yeah. But, but they destroy everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, before them, the earth shakes and the heavens tremble. The sun and moon are darkened and the stars no longer shine. The Lord thunders at the head of his army. His forces are beyond number. And mighty is the army that obeys his command. The day of the Lord is great. It is dreadful. Who can endure it? You almost think that this has to be something else now. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Like, like this sun and the moon are darkened. Remember, that's that's uh, Matthew twenty four, Mark thirteen, Revelation. Remember, the sun will turn to sack um, sackcloth, mm-hmm. the the moon like blood, and and all of that stuff is is talking very specifically about God is here and God is here to judge. And this is a destruction that comes from God. It's kind of mm-hmm. it's kind of terrifying, really. Yes, and, yes. And this is the same language that every one of them are using. It's just that he's using it in this idea, uh, and the Lord's army are these locusts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're doing... Do, do, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you you say it. because. Oh, no, I was just going to say, and they were doing the Lord's bidding at that time, right? But, but then they take it into the New Testament and change that sort of... Yeah. Yeah, they do. But it's still the destruction of God. Yeah. Like this, this day of destruction is going to come. Okay. It folks. almost makes me more of a dispensationalist when I read this stuff. Oh gosh. Yes. Don't tell but I will anyone. back away from that. <laughs> <laughs> Verse twelve, folks. Even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting 
and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord, your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. He relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing. Grain offerings and drink offerings for your, for the Lord, your God. Yeah. Blow the, Remember um, Randy, Randy, uh, Randy Matthews? No, not, not Randy Stonehill, not Randy Matthews. Keith Green had that song, um, To Obey is Better Than Sacrifice. Mm. Hmm. I want more than your money. I want your life. And um, which was actually taken from that passage in Samuel when, when Saul came to him and, and, you know, he said, I've, I've come. And he said, you were told to, you were told to destroy everything. And what's that bleeding I hear? He said, well, I brought it. I brought it as an offering to the Lord. And, and he said, yeah, yeah, that's, that's not good enough, sunshine. Um, you know, and, and this, this is the same kind of thing. Rend, rend your heart, not your garment. So it's very, it's becoming very New Testament, right? Mm. I, I want a change in your heart. Um, just tearing your clothes and putting on sackcloth doesn't show me that you've changed in your heart okay. toward me. And that's, well, that's kind of what I'm saying. Thanks for pointing that out because I actually didn't, I almost didn't get the reference of why it was like rend, rend your heart and not your garments. But yeah, that makes total sense what you said there. Oh, yeah. All right, verse 15, blow the trumpet in Zion, declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, consecrate the assembly, bring together the elders, gather the children who's nursing at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Let the priests who minister before the Lord weep between the portico and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, Lord. Do not make your inheritance an object of scorn, a byword, or by, yeah, byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? Yeah. So basically just a call to the, a call to everybody to repent and return to the Lord. Mm, mm, mm. We, we could do that, you know, just about at any time where people have existed, we've, we've needed to repent and return to the Lord. <laughs> so true. So true. All right, folks, verse 18. Then the Lord was jealous for his land and took pity on his people. And the Lord replied to them, I'm sending you grain, new wine, and olive oil, enough to satisfy you fully. Never again will I make you the object of scorn to the nations. I will drive the northern horde far from you, pushing it into the parched and barren land. Its eastern ranks will drown in the Dead Sea and its western ranks in the Mediterranean Sea. Its stench will go up, its smell will rise. Surely he has done great things. Do not be afraid, land of Judah. Be glad and rejoice. Surely the Lord has done great things. Do not be afraid, you wild animals, for the pastures in the wilderness are becoming green. The trees are bearing their fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield their riches. Be glad, people of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord, for he has given you the autumn rains because he is truth, because he is faithful. He sends you abundant showers, both autumn and spring rains as before. The threshing floors will be filled with grain and the vats will overflow with new wine and oil. I will repay you for the years, the years the locusts have eaten, the great locusts, the young locusts, the other locusts, and the locust swarm. <laughs> he's, very, he's very clear about these locusts. Yeah, right? Apparently there's a, a lot of different locusts. A great army that I sent among you. You will have plenty to eat until you are full and you will praise the name of the Lord your God who has worked wonders to, for you. Uh, 
Never again will my people be shamed. Then you will know that I am in Israel, that I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. Never again will my people be shamed. See, this is really weird because it's <clears throat> it's hard. What he says is very clear. You know, I'm going to turn this thing around for you, my people, right? Mm-hmm. And you're not going to be shamed, and you're going to you're you're going to be full and fat and rejoice. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know about fat. You know, <laughs> working on treadmills, eating, eating, you know, um, and you know, having to go on diets because you know you have so much food that you yeah. you have to figure it out. Um, but there's but it's hard to place a time on that. It's mm-hmm. hard to place a time because we don't know a time when God has done this for His people for any extended period. Um, so, so is it something we look to the future? Is it is it something we look to our future? Is it, it is it is it something that has happened and we don't know what it was? Like we know the promise of God, right? If you'll repent, I'm going to turn this thing around for you, mm-hmm. and I'm promising you that I will, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then he goes on and he, and he speaks again very clearly about the day of the Lord. And we get very, uh, a stronger image. And we actually, get, we actually get the words that Peter preaches in his first sermon coming up next. Okay. Verse 28. And afterward, afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants. Both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. And this is almost the whole New Testament in a capsule. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is weird, right? Remember, Peter. Peter stands up on the um, on the day of Pentecost, right. and 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 they're all speaking in other languages. And some people say it's a it's a gift of hearing, not of speaking. But we won't. I won't fuss around with that. I'll just say they were speaking other languages, and people were hearing them praise God in their own language. Mm-hmm. And some people were saying, "Well, they're drunk." And Peter says, "We're not drunk. It's it's like nine o'clock in the morning." Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because, you know, maybe later on they would yeah. be drunk. If it was 10, no problem. But no, yeah, yeah, yeah. 10, 10, 10, 30, we're soused. But right <laughs> now, no, I've heard, yeah, um, our Pentecostal listeners won't appreciate that. So. <laughs> Sorry. So, we'll take it back. Pretend you didn't hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, what Peter was saying is, is we're not drunk. And um, and then he says about this, about your sons and daughters will prophesy your old men will dream dreams. Mm-hmm. And dream dreams doesn't mean they're like daughtery old men. It, it basically means that God is giving them dreams mm-hmm. about what he is going to do. Right. And mm-hmm. and this is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that they talk about in the New Testament. Right. And this is really actually an important piece because there are people who say there was a change in the spirit in the New Testament with the outpouring. Okay. And I always want to be really clear that there's no change in the in what the Holy Spirit was doing. The Holy Spirit did all of this stuff in the Old Testament. Hmm. What there is in the New Testament is there's a lot more Holy Spirit stuff going on. I get you. Right? Yeah, I get yeah. you. Servants and um, like slaves, men and women slaves, um, you know, daughters are prophesying, old men are seeing dreams. The Holy Spirit is coming upon everybody mm-hmm. to do stuff. 
mm-hmm. in the New Testament. And that's the thing that Peter was referring to. Okay. And then we get the, the piece yet yet one more time. There will be wonders in heaven, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun turned to darkness, the moon turned to blood. Remember again, Matthew 24, Mark 13, Revelation 6. They all mention this. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a mention of the judgment and the um and the and the work of God on earth. Mm. And they okay. actually call it the dreadful day of the Lord. Yeah. The dreadful day of the Lord is coming when when this all, all of this stuff will be happened. Therefore, call on the name of the Lord and be saved. Boy, yeah. that sounds New Testament, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Yes. Yes. From um, Mount Zion, Jerusalem, there will be deliverance. Yeah. So, so that's the message of Joel. And that, that is the message that Peter picks up. That's the message that much of the New Testament picks up. And, and he's saying it to them either in the, in the 8th century or in the 6th century. He's telling them God is going to do this stuff. The message is the same. Mm-hmm. Stop doing what you're doing and turn to God. Chuck Swindle would say, turn your hearts toward heaven. Turn, turn your, now, I forgot what Chuck Swindle says. No. Turn your hearts toward home. Sure. Either home or Lord or heaven or something. Chuck Swindle always <laughs> Chuck Swindle used to say something that was pretty profound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I get the gist of what you're saying. Like, you know, this yeah, is going to call back. Like this. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe it wasn't Chuck Swindle. Maybe it was... Um, it was uh, Dobson that said it, turn your hearts toward home. But, uh, but somebody said it, and they were picking up on what Joel was saying as well. Yeah. yeah. That, well, uh, that the day of the Lord's coming, let's, let's serve him. Yeah. Good yeah. point. Larry, that's a great way to close that. Folks, what, a, what an interesting insight into the prophet Joel, which, like Larry said, was used you know, significantly in the New Testament. And I think it was Mark 13, right? Matthew 24 and Revelation 6 are the like the big highlights where you see that that direct quotes of Joel almost. Isn't that kind of fascinating that this little book that's an undescribed point of time is used so so freely in the New Testament? Thank you again, my friend. That was awesome. Folks, thanks for joining us. We'll be back in a week's time. Guess what? We're gonna be at Joel 3 then, and we'll talk more about this this obscure prophet that had some really profound things to say. Thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I was Steve, he was Larry, and this was the Apocalypse Podcast. <laughs>